Good morning and happy Wednesday, everyone. It is August 24th. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright with you for the hour on this beautiful Wednesday morning. And I have to say, I have to say, I very much appreciate being up this early, not just because I'm up with you, but because there were significantly fewer cars on the road this morning than there were last night. More on that in a moment. Let's begin our morning in prayer as we always do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. O most blessed Mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever listening, caring, consoling, hear our prayer. As your children, we implore your intercession with Jesus, your Son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today. We are comforted in knowing that your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We trust to your gentle care and intercession those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God forever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, last night, I have to tell you, I all I had to do was get my daughter to soccer practice. Right Now, I was on my own last night, so that meant all of the kids had to get in the van, and all of the kids had to go, and I'm thinking to myself, we've got an hour, it's not really enough time to drop her off and then go do something, but here's what we'll do. We'll drop her off, we'll go to the gas station, we'll come back, we'll read some books or do something in the van, pick her up, go pick up the groceries from the curbside pickup that we had ordered, go home, make dinner, go to bed. Easy, right? In that hour and 15 minutes, I was almost in four different car accidents, all of which would not have been my fault, uh, luckily to say, but no matter, an accident is an accident. And all I could think to myself was, boy, am I glad I went to confession on Saturday. And after that experience, I probably ought to go again today. Um, So there is that. But, uh, you know, it it just goes to underscore that we never know the day or the hour. So don't put off until tomorrow what you could do today, especially if it involves being in a state of grace. If you have somehow fallen out of a state of grace through your sin, don't, uh, don't be ashamed Don't be scared, but don't be apathetic either. Go to confession. Find a good place to go to confession this morning, maybe before 8 o'clock Mass. As much as I want you to listen to Roadmap to Heaven, I want you to be in a state of grace infinitely more. So if that means you have to turn off Roadmap to Heaven to go to confession, you turn off Roadmap to Heaven, you go to confession. It's a no-brainer. I cannot give you sanctifying grace. I hope I point you towards a desire for sanctifying grace. I hope I give you some tips, some tricks, some tools, some witness that make you say, I believe and I want to follow our Lord, but at the end of the day, he's God, I'm not, so go to confession. And if that means turning off the show, that means turning off the show. Midday, this morning, I don't care when, get there. You don't know the day or the hour. This morning on the show, we are going to be talking with Doug Barry about 
being prepared yet again. And then uh, later on, we're going to be talking with Kristalina Everett. Uh, we started a conversation last week that we're going to carry on over the next couple of weeks about our purpose. And last week, Kristalina shared with us about her new book, Women Made New, and some women who have offered a, a glimpse into their lives of what their purpose is and how they came to know that. But how do you recognize your purpose? Well, you got to stay tuned later on. Kristalina will tell you all about that. Of course, we have a catequiz for you today and even more. So buckle up. It's going to be a good morning. For those of you already on the commute to work or to school, we're going to have a lot of fun. For those of you still listening at home, get ready, because as soon as you hit the car, you're not going to want to turn off Roadmap to Heaven. But before we can do any of that today, we need to go to Mike Roberts for a look at today's weather. So let's do that now. Today is the feast day of St. Bartholomew the Apostle. Born in Cana in the first century, he is referred to in Scripture only as one of the apostles, when they are all listed by name. Some scholars believe he and Nathaniel may have been the same person, but others disagree with that. Nathaniel is mentioned by Jesus by name in a very positive light when he says, here is a true Israelite. There is no duplicity in him. And when Nathaniel wonders how Jesus knew him, Jesus responded by saying, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe because I saw you under the fig tree, you will see much greater things than this? And of course, he did, including Jesus' ascension into heaven. Tradition holds that St. Bartholomew, along with St. Jude, helped bring Christianity to Armenia, which is why both are patron saints of the Church of Armenia. And tradition also holds that Bartholomew was martyred for having converted the king of Armenia to Christianity. It's also thought he visited India, Ethiopia, and Italy. St. Bartholomew, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. If there's one thing that kept me from getting in a car accident last night, it was probably my guardian angel. In fact, I I put a lot of confidence in that because two of them I had no idea were about to happen until the very last second, but something had me be aware. Uh, If there were two things, though, it, it would be my guardian angel and it would be discipline. Discipline, discipline, discipline is something that we don't talk about enough on the show, and yet we talk about all of the time because we cannot talk about discipline too much. If we have good daily discipline, we are better able to follow through and be open to God's grace, to ask for God's grace, to receive God's grace, to be in a habit of turning off things that lead us to sin or turning away from things that lead us to sin and turning towards God. I would not be where I am today if it weren't for my daily disciplines, including, and in a very large way, the rosary. I cannot state that enough. We're talking with Doug Barry about being prepared this week because, again, as Doug said yesterday, if you have a plan of action for things, you have hope. And this goes back to Joseph in the Old Testament that Pharaoh said, what do these dreams mean? He said, you have seven years to store up and then there's going to be seven years of famine. So Pharaoh said, all right, Joseph, you come up with the plan. They had the plan, 
it worked. And that's what we're talking about this week. So, Doug, today we're talking about shelter. And I used to think this was so ridiculous. A lot of my classmates and friends and even my younger brother would do this. They'd be with the scouts and they'd go camping and they'd have their annual freeze out where they would on purpose go camping in freezing cold temperatures. We're talking the teens, the 20s and sleep outdoors without a tent so that they could earn a badge saying that they slept outdoors and a cup of water froze next to their heads overnight. And I said, these people are crazy. And yet, I can think of times that severe storms have rolled through my neighborhood. I live in the Midwest. Tornado Alley is not too far away. And I have seen people, all of a sudden, the roof gets ripped off their house. Where are they going to go? And again, we don't know the day or the hour. So let's talk about being prepared today. Yeah, most of us have the attitude, like you said, you know, I've got my home and this is where my stuff is. And this is where even my food and for those who do prepare food, water and other provisions, they've got it in one location. We're adamant in our again, our be our coalition is that we, we really encourage this proper, holy preparedness approach, having multiple locations for shelter backup plan you've got your primary shelter but you've also got b c and d you've got other locations you can go to you're also considering your transportation to from these places so that you can get there safely i'll I'll start also by saying for most all of us god has entrusted someone to our care whether it's a spouse a child and there's some people who are living alone and they don't feel like they have anybody entrusted to their care but that's not even necessarily always true you know, even if, you know, you've got a uh, elderly, a grandparent and their spouse has passed away. Well, the children and grandchildren are still counting on the grandparent to be around and, and take care of themselves. So I have to think about my children, my grandchildren and so forth. So in other words, God did not make us islands. There are people counting on us. We want to be prepared to be safe, have right good shelter, get to other places of shelter if we need to. And also realize that you're right. If a roof is torn off in a storm, do you have other locations that you've already pre-planned? I am adamant about building relationships with other people, building community and relationships with the people. I have several friends in town here I could go to. I have family I could go to. I have friends in multiple places in the country. And because I travel around the country and talk about this topic a lot, I, I have a good opportunity to bring these situations up. I can go to California. I can go to Michigan. I can go to Nebraska. I can go to Florida. I can go all kinds of places. And I've already got pre-arranged situations with others and they also with me. So I encourage people, look at your shelter. And we're not even going to get into right now how you secure your shelter and make it nice and safe. And as they say, hard in the target, you know, to make it well protected. We can do that another time. But in general, your primary shelter second, third, fourth locations as well. Have those relationships built. Talk with people in advance. Know that you have each other's back. Make sure maybe some of your provisions are even located in different places. You know, I've got a family not too far from here. I have items there already. They have items here already. We know we can share with each other's items and provisions to accomplish the most important thing when it comes to protection and shelter. The challenge for me is that I am still in that age and and my parents are still alive that I think, okay, if anything ever goes wrong, first place to go is their house. But probably in the next decade or so, that's not going to be a viable option. And so this is a good thing for me to start preparing for now. So, Doug, I want to thank you for leading us in this discussion today. You betcha, Adam. I appreciate the chance. Active Consecration to St. Joseph.
O dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. Last week we got some homework from Kristalina Everett to spend some time in prayer asking God, what is your purpose for my life? What is your plan? What is it you want me to do? Or as I so often say in my prayer, Lord, how are you calling me to live out my vocation? So here to check up and see if you did your homework is Kristalina Everett, and it's always a joy to speak with you, Kristalina. Thank you for having me back. I hope everyone did their homework, or at least some of you, or at least took that question to prayer of what is it what is keeping you from becoming the man or woman that God created you to be? Because that's a pivotal question in your life, and it can change the course of everything. All right. So if we've been reflecting on that question, and I apologize, I got the homework wrong. I did the wrong page in the uh, in the workbook there. What is keeping you from being that person that God intends for you to be? We may have identified what that obstacle is, Kristalina. The question I have is, and what do we do? Do we get out the spiritual jackhammer, the sledgehammer? Do we get a running start with a trampoline and jump over it? What comes next? Okay, so if you know you're kind of on the wrong path, and there's this just vice or this brokenness or something that you know that needs to be dealt with, one, take it to prayer and kind of pray into it. And God really does give you exactly what it is He wants you to do. For example, I was having an incredibly hard time in my life, and within adoration, God kept putting on my heart, I need to go to counseling. And I literally verbally at one point told Him, no, I don't want to. It's embarrassing. I don't want it. It's humiliating. And until I could get over my pride and finally say, okay, I know I need this. This is what I need. Then I went for it, and I did it. And He gave me everything I needed to do it, but it was initially giving Him that yes. So maybe it's a relationship that you need to get out of. Maybe it's you're looking too much at social media and it's hurting your own self-image. What is it that's in your life that is keeping you from that purpose and that plan? Or maybe you're afraid to embrace it because you feel like you're not enough or worthy of what it is God wants you to do in your life. And those are lies from the pit of hell. And you've got to be careful not to give in to the fear, to the worry, and also the self-worth or the self-loathing that may lie there that are hurdles from keeping you from moving forward. It's very important to recognize those things. So if we recognize them, though, and we're on that wrong path, I guess the question is, how do we change it? Like, do we just alter the path and say, I'm going to turn around and go the other way now? Or, or what do we do? I would take it a crumb at a time, because it depends, whatever it is you're dealing with, that it can be a lot. And Potentially, if it's something that's keeping you from God, it's going to be life-changing, and it's going to be a big thing, whatever that may be. So, for example, if you have a friend that you know is bringing you down the wrong path, or every time you get around them, that they're taking you places that you shouldn't be going, you're watching things, or going to movies, or hanging out with people you know that, well, you really shouldn't be doing this, but, and you make excuses for that person, for that boyfriend, or that friend that you have, it's time to slowly start cutting them off, because deep down, everybody knows when they should be doing something, 
and when they shouldn't be doing something. And if you're doing something, especially on a daily basis, that you know is keeping you from God and living out His will in your life, and they're taking you to confession more than they're bringing you to the place that you know you should be in your life, that's a problem. And you have to recognize it. You have to face it, and that can be a really difficult challenge. But once you face that, that's where you ask God for the grace to literally do the steps that need to be done. And God will give you those steps. You have to go to Him, ask Him, and I would highly suggest going to confession to get that clarity of spirit, to get that clarity of mind, and to kind of unclog that area that may be holding you down, keeping you in that vice or keeping you in that bad relationship. I am so glad to hear you say that because I keep telling here at the station that we should make a T-shirt that says sin makes you stupid. And they say that is true, but we're probably not going to put that on a T-shirt. I say, I understand. I understand. Maybe I'll make one. I love that you have the gumption to actually say that. That is the truth. Sin makes you stupid, very stupid. And every time I am sinning and I have in my life, I knew I wasn't supposed to do it. I did it anyway because that moment of that pleasure and that little trinket the devil offered me that I thought I was getting what I want, I just downgraded. I was miserable. And I always say to us how stupid I was. How stupid? Why did I do that? And you even say those things out loud to yourself sometimes, Adam, right? Yeah, you do. And and going to get back in that state of grace is so important and so vital. If for no other reason. Because if you die outside of that state of grace, well, you've heard me say it before, and once again I'll say it. You know what happens if you die outside of a state of grace. And if you don't, you better look that up in the catechism because it, it means you're not going to heaven, and you don't have to take my word for it. It's in the catechism. So, Crystalina, it wouldn't be a conversation with you if we didn't address the parents who are listening out there, which I know isn't every one of you, but I know some of you are parents of young children, middle-aged children, teenage children, so on and so forth. I remember back when I was a kid, the Magic 8-Ball was like all the rage. It's like, should I have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch? And you shake this thing and you look at it. We have the wheel of fun here to determine if we're going to do catechism or, or the Bible trivia during the show. But we also know that giving those things power over us to say, well, I'm just going to base what I'm going to do off what a wheel says or, or what a Magic 8-Ball says for these things in life or a horoscope or something like that. That's actually a sin against the first commandment. I'm the Lord your God. I have no other gods beside me. The Magic 8-Ball is not God. So we have to teach our kids how to hear God's voice so that they don't say, well, I'll just, you know, what high school am I going to go to? Let's spin a wheel. Uh, let's, let's shake an eight ball here. How do we start to teach them to listen for his voice and, and discern his will when they're five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve years old? So because I have so many kids, right, my eight kids and my three babies in heaven, it's been trial and error for me, but the formula that I have found that actually does work and it's worked with several of my children, and I've seen the fruit of it over years because now they're in their teenage years, which is absolutely terrifying, but it's working so far. And with that is at a young age, and even you can start them now if they're in high school, it's your verbiage and how you talk to them, of what it is you think God wants you to be when you grow up. What do you think, Joseph, God wants you to be when you grow up? Or Angelica, what do you think God wants you to be? Is that what God wants you to be doing right now? You put God in the scenario of questions that they have to think about in their, their lifelong goal of where they're going to be in the trajectory of where they're going. I always put God in that. And their conscience, that small, still voice that everybody hears and that I could not numb in the middle of my confusion and being immersed in the world. And no matter how much I self-medicated, I drugged up, or I was drunk, Adam, in those horrible, dark times, I still still heard that voice of God, and I tried to numb it, and I couldn't. 
and he was still pursuing me, and he will always pursue you. And in those moments, you have to tell your children, always listen to that voice. And that will give them the compass to heaven, is basically how I describe it to my kids. Baby, that's your compass to heaven. And I even have a compass in our house, and I show them when they're little. This is a compass that shows you how to go. Now, you hear that voice when you know you shouldn't be being mean to your brother, or you shouldn't be eating that food I told you not to eat, or that candy before dinner. They know. And every person walking on the face of the earth pretty much knows when they should or should not be doing something. And so it is incredibly important if you can train and teach at a young age or even in their teenage years, always listen to that voice because you will always regret it not listening. And that will ring true for them, but you will never regret listening. And that will also ring true for them without you lecturing. They've already experienced that within their heart. And then you know when they're away from you, they literally will always have that compass to guide them when you're not there to do so. You know, I'm thinking of that, how often in, in the secular culture they make fun of, oh, I, my good old Catholic guilt kicked in, it was good old Catholic guilt, and then I got over my good old Catholic guilt. Yeah, that's called your conscience, friends, out in the secular world. And it, it actually is a good thing to follow your conscience because, as Kristalina just iterated here, Jesus is the good shepherd and we're the sheep. And it's not a glamorous life to be a sheep sometimes. But we know the shepherd's voice, and we shouldn't ignore it. We should follow it. So, Kristalina, this has been great. I know we're going to continue. There's a lot more we got to dive into, but it, we got people that are probably ready to get out of the car, go into the office, go into Mass. We don't want to make them late. So we're going to continue this next week. Excellent. I look forward to it. We are going to take a break. There's more Roadmap to Heaven to come. Stay tuned. Prayer for Vocations. God, our Father, who wills that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of your truth, we beg you to send laborers into your harvest and grant them grace to speak your word with all boldness so that your word may spread and be glorified and all nations may know you, the only God, and him whom you have sent, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. Amen. Our Lady Queen of the Americas, and Mary, Mother of the Franciscan Missionaries of the Eternal Word, pray for us. Here is an interesting catechist question for you this morning. We believe that in the fall of the angels, each angel was tested individually. But the fall of man is attributed to our first parents, to Adam and Eve, that we are not tested individually. Why is that? Well, Frank Sheed illuminates this for us and where he says the difference between the testing of men and angels is not the problem. The angelic race could not be tested in an individual angel for there is no angelic race. Men are related to one another because we were all brought into being procreated by others, not so angels. Each angel is created whole and entire by God. He can call no other angel father. Our souls are the direct creation of God, but by bodily descent, we are all children of Adam, and in our father we fell. But why? How could his sin involve us? That is the real problem, and we must be grateful for any lights that we can get upon us. So there's a lot more to the teaching of original sin than we're going to be able to cover in our catechism time today. But I want to pick up something else that we left off yesterday because I didn't mark my page correctly and I left this out. We were talking about how with the fall and, and before the fall, man had what we referred to as preternatural 
gifts. Those gifts were lost in the fall, too. And in saying that, Frank Sheed says he lost the preternatural gifts. He could now suffer. He had come under the natural law of death. Worst of all, he had lost integrity, the subordination of lower powers to higher in the rejection of his own subordination to God. From now on, every element in him would be making for its own immediate and separate gratification the civil war with man had begun. And I spent a lot of time thinking about this last night. You know, that, that word preternatural, if you look it up, the definition of it is um, very fascinating. It is uh, defined as beyond what is normal or natural. Um, Thomas Aquinas would say that the supernatural consists in God's unmediated actions. The natural is what happens always or most of the time in the material world, and that the preternatural is what happens rarely but nonetheless by the agency of created beings. So it's not that God took away Adam and Eve's free will and that they weren't able to be tempted. They weren't able to uh, perhaps say, oh, I, I, I prefer this over that. However, they had this preternatural, or as we just said, beyond what is normal gift to subjugate or subordinate their desires, that integrity, that wholeness. Integrity is another great word to look up the definition. One of the definitions, the state of being whole and undivided. Another, the condition of being unified, unimpaired, or sound in construction. Man was sound in construction. You know, he was able to say, no, I am going to use my will to turn away from those things and to do these things until the temptation, the disobedience of God, the fall of man, the original sin of our first parents. So I said this yesterday, you know, I don't think that most of us go around every day wrestling each and every moment, 24 hours a day with the certain vices that maybe we often fall into. You know, you have yours, I have mine. When we go to confession, we're probably most of the time bringing the same sins with us. But let's pick one. Let's. I, I love to use the example of gluttony for myself because I like a good sweet. It's not that I walk around every hour of the day being tempted to eat an entire thing of cookies, but there are times once in a while where I go to the pantry and I say, oh, I want to have just one cookie, and then just one turns into two, turns into three, turns into four, and if I'm not careful, if I can't subordinate my desires, then I eat the whole thing of cookies. What we're saying is that before the fall of man, man had a, a preternatural gift, an above average gift, a beyond what is normal or natural gift to say, I'm not going to eat all of the cookies. I don't know if there were cookies in the Garden of Eden. That'd be an interesting thing to ask God someday. So don't get too discouraged when you say, I wish, you know, I, I would think I would have the ability to resist this temptation. We don't. We lost that in the fall. But also, as I said earlier, don't be lacking in going to confession. We're going to take a break when we come back. Well, just stay tuned. Act of hope. Oh my God, relying on thy almighty power and infinite mercy and promises, I hope to obtain the pardon of my sins with the help of thy grace and life everlasting through the merits of Jesus Christ, my Lord and my Redeemer. Amen. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. 
And now back to this podcast. I have one question for you this Wednesday. Did you do your homework? Did you write down your five priorities? That's what we're talking about on the Daily Dose of Encouragement this week, Limits and Priorities. And here with some more encouragement for us is Patty Schneier. Well, we're talking about limits and priorities in the spiritual life, but of course they can apply to our physical life, to our marriage, to our vocation. So so today I want to just pose a question. How are priorities used? How can we use them? And the answer is before you act. So priorities, by definition, come prior. That's the word, priority. Prior, before a decision or before an action. They can help us avoid so much pain and suffering when we stay true to our priorities. For example, what is the priority of dating? What is the priority? It's to truly get to know the other person in truth and honesty, to discover if you have, you know, unity of values and shared beliefs, to discern marriage. So if the priority is being real and honest with the other person, if your priorities are not the same, well, then you can say, I need to break up with this person. We don't share the same priorities. Remember, stay true to your priorities. Stay grounded in them and use them to help you make decisions beforehand. And you can use the priority litmus test on so many things. You need a new lamp? You're going shopping? Well, what's the priority? Is it price? Is it getting it sooner than later? Is it, you know, to be the focal point of the room? What's your priority in making that purchase? What's your priority when you take your daughter shopping for a dress? Is the priority modesty? Is the priority price? Is the priority style? Stay within the priority. It's going to determine what you purchase. In family gatherings, is the priority to be there on time or is it okay to be late? You know, that's an important question for my husband all the time, every holiday. What's the priority? Is it that we're there on time or not? So start asking that question with your spouse, with your children. It's a huge communication technique. Just say it often. What's the priority? Every morning, what's my priority today? Ask your spouse, what's the priority when you get home from work tonight? I have found this to be so helpful, so I just wanted to share it with all of you. Start saying, what's the priority? And see if it doesn't help you. Before you do anything else, ask yourself, what's the priority? Patty Schneier, thank you for this encouragement. I wish I could say that 100% of the time the priority is getting to the family gathering on time, uh, but often, as the case with live children, the priority becomes not losing my temper (laughs) or my wife not losing her. She does a better job of keeping her cool. I get antsy. I'm the one that's sitting in the van like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. Why aren't you in the van? Let's go. We want to remind everyone, speaking of we got to go, uh, tonight begins the Festival of St. Louis at the Oratory of Saints Gregory and Augustine here in the metropolitan area. Tomorrow is our patrons' feast day, and so at 6 p.m. tonight they will have First Vespers at the Oratory, and at 7 p.m. tonight they have Day 8 of their Rosary Novena at the Apotheosis of St. Louis, the beautiful statue atop Art Hill in Forest Park. Tomorrow they begin at 5 a.m. with Matins and Lauds, Uh, followed by the Office of Prime at 9 a.m., Terse and Solemn Mass of St. Louis at 10 a.m., Second Vespers of St. Louis at 4, Eucharistic Adoration and Benediction at 4.30 p.m., a Marian procession from the Oratory to the Apotheosis of St. Louis in Forest Park at 5.30, the Rosary Novena, and then the Festival, the Fellowship, and all of the wonderful things that come with that. For more information, visit St. Louis Latin Mass at stlouislatinmass.com and click on the calendar. You can get that full schedule of events there. 
or you know, drop me a line here at the station. I'll forward the flyer to you. Uh, I don't know about you, but now I'm thinking about going out and buying cookies, and that makes me think of another thing. You know, when I went to confession the other day, one of the things I said in my act of contrition was I promised to do penance for my sins, to sin no more, and to avoid the occasion of sin. And so if I struggle with gluttony, you better believe I'm going to have to use my will to not buy treats when I go grocery shopping, buy the essentials, not the treats. Uh, if I struggle with watching inappropriate movies, as Father Ripperger talked about yesterday, then my best course of action may be to get rid of my TV service or to take the remote and put it away or to put, you know, parental locks even for yourself. Ask your spouse to do it. If you really struggle with it, don't be ashamed to get the help you need. You know, number one, because would you rather wallow in pride and die outside of a state of grace or would you rather eat a little bit of humble pie but have that sanctifying grace in your soul when you die and go to heaven i'll take the humble pie and the sanctifying grace i hope you will too let's pray in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen all glory be to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be world without end Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to thank Doug Berry and Patty for being with us as usual. Crystalina Everett for being with us as well today. Tomorrow we're going to continue our talk on preparation. And we've got some other things in store, but you'll just have to tune in then. In the meantime, please pray for all of us here at Covenant Network. We will continue to pray for you. You have been listening to Roadmap, Roadmap to Heaven. And for all of us here, I'm Adam Wright. Have a blessed day, and don't forget, pray your rosary today.